the mad ones. I'm your run-of-the-mill, bald and bearded host, Cam Harless, and I'm so stoked that you're here. Um, I, I am actually really excited about this episode for personal reasons, uh, and because I get to introduce you to one of the best people I've ever met. So, uh, But before we do that, we'll get there. Um, I do have to tell you a couple things. You know the drill. Um, this show is 100% brought to you by fans and patrons. Uh, so hit like, subscribe on our YouTube, and share the show with your friends. Um, we have, we've have we done all sorts of topics, some less appropriate than others, but some of them really deeply interesting. And uh, I, I want to keep that up. So share things that you think might help someone else or, 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 or inspire someone to think a bit deeper about different things. Um, but also, if you want to help us along, uh, what the, one of the best ways to do that is to join the Patreon. Uh, because with that, I can I can do a little more. I can invest a little bit more time into making this thing prettier and prettier. And if you do that, you will get the occasional early episode. Uh, we do Zoom hangouts occasionally as well. And you also get my eternal gratitude. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash the mad ones for that. And if you want to grab a shirt, I, I, I should have worn one of the new ones today, uh, but I forgot um, but I, I, we have brand new shirts that just came out because of the new season, uh, which is lava based. And I think that's super cool. Um, but uh, my wife also drew up a feminine design for us as well. So the ladies have their choice of something that they'll think prettier than what I can do. Um, so if you want to do that, you can go to wearethematterones.com slash store. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. No more, no more ad stuff at all. Uh, I'm going to bring on the guests now. Um, joining the Mad Ones tonight is literally one of the best humans I've ever met. He's a singer, a songwriter, and a worshiper. Uh, he he is a man of honor. He's a man of substance. Uh, and far too often, when you listen to worship music, uh, it seems rather flat or corporate. There's been a lot of kind of flat and corporate music that's been coming out, but I have never heard that from our guest tonight. Uh, he is one of the few people that writes true love songs to the Lord. I mean, it's, it, he's lived, he has lived experience. He, he's felt this and it's apparent that he does love Jesus. And those songs can bring a tear to your eye. Uh, but yeah, like, like I said, uh, he's one of the few people who I would feel comfortable calling a role model um, or a hero. If you would, uh, it's Mr. Josh Hires. Cam, thank you so much, man. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, got to be ready for the compliments. I'm going to do it. Um, mm, that's really it's, kind. It's been, uh, like we talked a little bit before, but it's been since 2009 since I last saw you. Mm -hmm. um, you and I went to the same college in in Florida where I currently live ironically and you're not that far away and I, I thought you had moved somewhere else and I was like wait you still live 45 minutes away why are we not hanging out um <laughs> but uh I remember when I came in to that school a directionless little 18 year old chump uh, my brother uh Chris or Topher if you if you're into that um was on the band C2 with you and C2 uh, was then named, by the time I joined one of the bands, um, it was called the Josh Hires Band. Uh, but what we did is we toured the, essentially, what the, east, the eastern half of the country, uh, singing and doing the praise and worship at youth, youth uh, camps. And 
I remember my brother just talking you up, talking you up before I actually met you. And I remember thinking, I think at that point you may have been a senior when mm -hmm. I came in. Um, I don't know if you graduated yet or not, but I remember being like, I'm going to meet Josh and he's not going to want to talk to me, a little freshman dope. And, and I just remember how not only did when I meet, when I met you, did you actually show interest and in have conversation with me, but you took me to SNL burger and mm. we, 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 we ate lunch and we talked and you, you, you took the time to get to know me. Maybe it was cause you loved my brother, um, which most people do. Um, I don't know who doesn't, if I know, if I find someone, I should probably uh, beat him up or something. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, but it's, it's, it was amazing to me because I, I remember when I got to Southeastern, I was just 18. I had my, uh, I had a girlfriend back at home and that very quickly eroded and went away. And so it was just this very weird and lonely time where I was making good grades and trying to do something and trying to keep that fire of my youth when it came to Jesus and worship and all of that. And uh, there were moments where I thought I had lost it completely. Like I was just sad and lonely at times. And then, and then I remember um, uh, your song satisfied, uh, which this, this episode's named after um, just blew me away. And it, it met me in a place where I hadn't really been before because, you know, I was, I grew up charismatic. We went to a Pentecostal school. So like I was the one who was jumping up and down and doing all that in worship. And then that song just hit me in the somber place in the, mm -hmm. the more mature place. And uh, I don't know, you were such a big influence to me because when I knew you, I had known very few people who no matter when I spoke to them, they would always be consistently the same and be kind and talk about Jesus and do all of these things. And you are perhaps the most consistent person in that that I've ever met in my life. And so I'm thrilled to talk to you. I'm sorry for spewing at you there again. Get used to the compliments. I love you. Um, <laughs> it's mutual. I love you too, Kim. <laughs> um, oh, man. But uh, yeah, so I don't, I know there's not really an answer to what all that I just said, but. <laughs> but um, not that long ago, uh, I, I forget what made me message you not that long ago. I, I think I just thought of you one day and I was like, I haven't heard of, heard from Josh in a while. I haven't heard any, I haven't heard anything. And I, 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 you don't, you barely use Facebook from what I can tell you. You're not really on social media. Um, but the last time I saw you was in, I guess, 2009. Uh, and it was that, la that, that was, it was the, the second half of that year, or no, no, the first half right before summer, because, you know, I, I kept going to school and you went on a mission trip is my understanding. Well, could you tell me what that mission trip was and what your, your goals were? Cause it went very different, differently than you'd hoped, mm -hmm. but uh, what was it that you went to do? Because it's, that was the last time I saw you and you were excited to go. And then I just hear these things through the grapevine about what's going on in your life. And I'm like, Oh man, love that yeah. guy. I don't want him to feel bad. Uh, oh, thanks so much. <laughs> yeah, you you reaching out to me uh, recently really meant a lot to me. Uh, means a lot to me, um, and and being on here tonight as well just is a real privilege and honor. Um, yeah, two thousand nine. Um, 
I had just finished working at uh, the college for two years after I graduated. So I finished working there for two years and uh, was accepted into an internship to go to uh, Gabon, Africa. And so I was supposed to be there for a year and we were um, uh, gonna help. Uh, there was me and there was one other girl from a college in New York, I believe. Um, and we were gonna be interns for a year, serve at um, an orphanage they had there. I was also involved with a local church there and where especially with the young people, they really welcomed me with open arms and I was able to get into uh, their young adult ministry that way. Um, uh, We also did some mobile medical clinic ministry where we would go to the villages outside of the capital city where our home was and take just basic medical supplies, do some basic medical care, take eyeglasses uh, to those who... Um, had poor eyesight. So some different practical things like that. Um, So about a month and a half into that trip, um, I I got very sick and we didn't know what it was. And I had a lot of testing done while I was there. Um, I was on malaria medication, which was standard for that country. Uh, So we, we wondered, well, maybe it's just malaria. Maybe it would go away. Um, you know, in a few weeks, uh, a month's time. Uh, but after another month and a half, I didn't get better, um, but only seemed to got worse or I guess in some ways kind of stabilized, but it, but it wasn't good. There was, there was something wrong with my body and, and moreover, um, like my central nervous system. So, so my brain and my spinal cord felt like they were on fire. Um, my, my, the best way I can explain it, my blood felt hot inside of my body. So my arms and legs would burn. So obviously this affected my sleep. Um, the, probably the scariest moment was when I was laying down. Um, it might've even been maybe the first or second day of having symptoms. I had this short-term paralysis where for, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe 20 seconds. It wasn't that long. But I, I felt like I couldn't move just just laying there, um, just that my body wouldn't respond. Um, so there was some weird stuff going on and, and we didn't know what it was. Um, so so that was a month and a half in when I got sick. And then we took another month and a half for the testing and to kind of wait it out and see if it was something that would go away. When it didn't, um, I, it, we decided that it was best for me to just come back to the States and have some better testing done. Yeah. Uh, here. So, so that kind of led me on this journey, which has now been f- for the last almost 13 years now. Yeah. Well, and that, and that's wild because, um, I remember when it happened and, and I knew like the, I, I heard about it from someone, probably Matt, um, who had told me that you, you'd gotten sick and they didn't know, uh, what it was. And then later on, I heard it was chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, it was what you had, but how long did it actually take you to find out what it was? Yeah. Shortly after I got back, we were able to schedule something at Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. And in our minds, we 
figured that going there would be the best possible place, that that was the best possible opportunity for me to have to really find out what was going on. Um, and this is after I had just seen like my primary care physician and to, you know, kind of run through the basic stuff, you know, that you would think of first with, with yeah. feeling sick. But so we went to Mayo Clinic probably a few months after I got back to the States. And that's where they ran a gamut of tests on me and couldn't figure anything out. Yeah. Um, so they told me that I had something like chronic fatigue syndrome and um, gave me a brochure and, <laughs> and said, you know, change your diet, exercise, do the best you can. You know, wow. that was, that was basically it. And so, so that wasn't what we were expecting at all. Right. Uh, you know, we were really hoping to hone in on what this was um, and, and tackle it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I, after that experience, um, there were some other doctors that I saw here locally and we did try to find like some more natural doctors who would um, help with supplement ideas and, yeah. and even the diet stuff. Um, but nothing, nothing was really solving the problem. Uh, there were certain things that helped um, with the, with diet changes and getting up, moving around as much as I could, those kind of things. Um, but, but it took about six and a half years for me to find out that uh, Lyme disease what I, was what I was dealing with. Yeah. And it wasn't on a radar at all because I had been tested for Lyme disease, I think with my primary care physician early on. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until all these years later that we had actually talked to a few people, you know, friends of probably, probably all friends of my parents who said, you, you know, you might want to have him tested again for Lyme. Uh, the testing is really bad and a lot of people will go undiagnosed for years and, uh, and then find out, you know, that's what they're dealing with. So, um, so we did that. Uh, we, we basically found what, it, uh, what's known as a Lyme literate doctor. Um, there's actually a group called ILADS, International Lyme and Associated Disease Society. And they're, they're this group of doctors that are on the forefront of treatment who regularly meet and share and discuss uh, the best treatments for people with this chronic Lyme condition, where right. your immune system is basically being shut down by this superbug, uh, by this Lyme bacteria looks like a corkscrew, can change shapes, can avoid antibiotics, uh, can, can avoid your immune system. Um, and these other co-infections like Bartonella and Babesia, these are infections that almost make your body like a host. They, yeah. and, and they create biofilm around themselves that protect them from your immune system and from antibiotics. And um, so we started finding out all this stuff from this doctor um, this Lyme doctor in Jacksonville, Florida. And, um, and she was a huge help to me. And so this was 2016. Um, the first year I was on pharmaceutical antibiotics, three at a time, rotating those three every three months, uh, because the bacteria is so good at building up a tolerance, uh, being able to evade the same thing for too long, if you're right. taking it for too long. So for a year, I was on pharmaceuticals 
uh, just felt worse. Yeah. Uh, and the next two years I went on a more herbal and supplement based treatment. Mm-hmm. And my doctor had communicated to me that sometimes people even do better on these kind of treatments, the more natural stuff. Yeah. And I really turned a corner during those next two years of treatment and it was able to get back on my feet again, so to speak, and, um, it, get back into work. Uh, there, I was able to help with youth ministry at my church, as well as get back into more worship leading and songwriting, that kind of thing. So <sighs> six and a half years, mm-hmm. not knowing, uh, yeah. is that something that, so, I mean, I, how degenerative is Lyme disease? Cause it, it mm-hmm. is waiting six and a half years, like extremely detrimental or is it something that just kind of, is it stasis and kind of stays in the same realm while you, mm. while it, you have it? Yeah. So Lyme disease is still one of those mystery illnesses mm. that the medical community doesn't really understand. And, yeah. and I'm, con- I'm, I even feel concerned that if someone got sick with Lyme disease uh, now today, and they say they were sick for years trying to figure out what's going on. If they went to Mayo Clinic, they might have the same exact story as I did, right. where they would they would come home and say, I, I have no clue what's going on still. So so it's very um, mysterious, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, it, it can it can vary greatly between people. Um, so uh, so to answer your question, um, I've met people who have gotten, had got Lyme and there are certain parts of the country where if you have any weird symptoms at all, uh, I mean like blurry vision or just anything, you know, um, they will treat you for Lyme right away. (laughs) Was this Kentucky? Uh, You know, it may, it may be, and I'm not sure of all the States. I know Rhode Island is a big one. Uh, obviously, uh, Lyme was a city in Connecticut where the name started. So I think there was some kind of outbreak there. Um, so there are certain states or certain parts of the country where, um, you know, if you got anything weird going on, we're going to give you antibiotics for one or two months. Doxycycline is a real popular one. Um, and if you're treated early on like that, uh, a lot of people can be fine. Um, if, if you catch it early, um, but unfortunately, it seems like there are many people who have this kind of similar story where they will go undiagnosed for years. And it does, it, at least with me, it did progressively get worse. Right. Um, I would say that some parts kind of stayed the same throughout this time, mm-hmm. whether it be like the fatigue or, um, or, or some, some of the pain I experienced. And I think maybe it's because you kind of adapt to it, yeah. um, where... It's like, I know that walking, uh, you know, a certain amount of miles a day is really going to help uh, my pain level. Um, okay. Just getting moving, you know, getting the circulation going. So I think a lot of people would have that kind of experience too, where some of it would stay the same because you kind of get in this managing mode yeah. of whatever I'm sick with, I'm just going to do the best I can with. But other parts of it got worse. And unfortunately, like my brain swelling and the brain inflammation I was feeling got worse over time. Uh, not quickly, but slowly, uh, you know, my brain hurt more and more and I became more and more disabled with, uh, I, I couldn't have sh- even short conversations with people. I couldn't, uh, the, uh, my basic problem solving skills were compromised. Wow. 
so it was the pain and the neurological dysfunction as well. The, those, they were both a big issue for me. That sounds scary to mm -hmm. have, have that. It's like, uh, I had a, a boss one time and it's kind of funny <clears throat> if you're not dealing with the problem. Um, but he, I, I forget what it's called. Maybe it's aphasia. Um, but he had a stroke and he, he got out, he got better, except that he had aphasia from that point out point on. And so I would be working with him and he would mean to say, uh, hand me the screwdriver, but mm. he would say, give me the grilled cheese. Mm. And I was like, what? And he goes, give me the peanut butter. And I'm like, what do you need? And you know, it's, it's funny in retrospect, but it's like it, I, you know, that when someone is going through that and they hear what they're saying and it's not what they mean, that has to be like mm. scary and frustrating. Yeah. Um, but I, I remember, so one of the times that I messaged you was, um, my wife had had some, some issues and a doctor had said that it was uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. And that's when I learned that they just, that mo a lot of doctors will just say chronic fatigue syndrome when they don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, oh, well it's, it's this, I can't answer you. So mm -hmm. it's chronic fatigue syndrome. And it's like, I, I, I heard that and I was like, I wonder what Josh really has. I've got to message him. I've got to say hi. I got to tell him I love him. Got to <laughs> make sure he knows. Wow. Um, because, mm. you know, like I've been sitting here and like, I'm glad we're talking because like I was just terrified that one day I'd find out through Matt or Aaron or someone that you weren't with us anymore. Mm. I was uh, because it, like I said, it, it's get ready for more compliments. Um, you, you really were someone that I I've, looked up to since the day I met you. And it was, it was funny enough. It was in, uh, I want to say it was in Snellville, Georgia, mm -hmm. or, or maybe it wasn't, maybe it was in Alabama. I can't remember, but C2 had gone to a church and, um, had, uh, done the worship there. And it was honestly, it was one of the most, after the worship portion, that church service was like one of the most disordered church, church services I'd ever been in in my entire <laughs> life. Um, uh, but no, I, I, I remember you know, meeting you and being like, this guy's cool. And it's like in such a different way. Um, but I remember just being terrified that I'd find that out. It's like, you know, uh, other people that you, you know, that you don't get to see that you, you'll, you think, you know, one day this person's going to pass away and I may not ever find out. Mm -hmm. And like that. And that's why I'm like, every time I've thought about you, um, which, you know, I think about you more than I text you, but uh, when every time I've, I've had like a, a strong thought of you or, um, you know, the, your song, my God is with me comes up in a, uh, a shuffle. I'm like going to message Josh now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, you know, um, what was the, oh, there was something else. Um, I just, I can't believe it was six and a half years like that. I can't imagine not knowing mm. for that long and just being like, I'm, I feel like I'm dying. Mm. And having no idea why. Um, I'll, I'm sure I'll think of the other thing I was going to say in a second. Um, but yeah, one of the things with this whole situation, which, um, oh, that's what it was. I'm not surprised when you were being run on different, run on uh, different antibiotics, you know, in concert going back and forth. Because mm. antibiotics, was it oral antibiotics or was it... Mm. Yeah, for me, it was uh, oral antibiotics. Some people will do IV antibiotics. 
And there can be a different response depending on the person. Um, I think more often nowadays they would do the IV route yeah. for people. Uh, but at the time it was still pretty popular to do a combination of oral antibiotics. I got you. Well, yeah, because yeah. when you said that, I was like, of course you felt bad because that literally mm. will destroy your gut flora. Like your yeah. the stuff in your guts that makes you feel good or bad. If it destroys that, you're mm. going to feel bad. And so it's like, I heard that and I was like, that gum, that can't, that cannot have been fun. Mm. Um, sure. But are you, so you, you, after six and a half years, you figured it out. You were on the prescription, the antibiotics, um, what happened? Wh where are you now? Where has it kind of gone since then? Is are you on a new regimen or a new treatment? Like, because uh, it seems like you're you're looking good, and it looks mm -hmm. like you haven't aged a day. No, uh, thanks. It's, it's wild. <laughs> um, because I definitely don't look like I did in college. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a nicer beard. That's, oh yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's so. it's way. By the way, you have one of the strongest beards I've ever seen. Oh, really? <laughs> and I, 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 I remember when you grew it out and I was like, keep it, Josh. And you were like, no, it's soul patch season. <laughs> <laughs> right. I do remember the soul patch for, uh, from time to time. I would bring yeah. that, that back. So. <laughs> oh, that's uh, funny. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So uh, so what's is, is are you doing better? Is are you on a treatment that's helping that do you see progress? Yeah. So. You know, it's still been a wild ride since then. Um, I, I I was doing well enough after getting the right treatment to work again. And so um, for a few years, I was able to work full time and, and get back into ministry, which is really where my heart is. And so being able to work with youth, I just, I just really enjoy that. Um, and, and also... Uh, with the worship leading stuff. It just felt so good to get back into that and to be doing it regularly um, yeah. was a real blessing. So um, I did have a um, an unexpected thing happen to me with the treatment, uh, which came out of nowhere. Um, and that was now a year and a half ago. So at the beginning of 2020, um, I was still working full time. Things were going fine. And uh, my doctor had me on a drug called disulfiram. And some people might know disulfiram. Um, they've actually used it a long time for uh, recovering alcoholics. Um, and it's a medication where if while you're on it, uh, if you put any alcohol into your system, you're going to toss it back up. It's going to give you a okay. really bad reaction. And so it was a medication used for that uh, to get people... Um, you know, off that habit. And they, they recently discovered that uh, it's actually great at eradicating the Lyme bacterium. So, um, so some people, some patients have had really good success with this drug. Uh, and, and even in combination with a couple other things at the same time. So um, my doctor decided to put me on that. And for it, I was supposed to be on it for six months and I could tell that it was working, uh, during that time. And especially towards the end of the treatment, um, around that five to six month period, um, my brain probably felt the clearest it had in all these years of being ill. I had really felt like the fog was lifting and, you know, like the sun was peeking through the clouds, you know, that kind of feeling when it's like, man, I'm, I'm really starting to feel good. 
Yeah. And the next week, uh, I totally crashed uh, on this medication. And um, it seemed like every other night I couldn't sleep at all because um, there was so much pain inside of my body from what was happening. And we contacted my doctor and she believes that the die-off reaction of the bacteria was so strong that there were a lot of toxins that were released into my system. And this is what happens when you kill Lyme and other bacteria like it. It's called a Herxheimer reaction. Um, and if anyone you know watches who has Lyme, they'll know what I'm talking about, where um, you kill the bacteria. The bacteria doesn't go down without a fight, unfortunately, and it releases toxins into your system. And the Herx's, Herxheimer reaction or Herx's can be extreme in some people. So every other night, it felt like my body was so full of toxins from the die off. I couldn't sleep. And so that happened for two or three weeks. It, it, it felt almost unbearable. And I really thought I wasn't going to make it multiple times. And um, after that kind of settled down, um, I was much worse off than I had ever been during the entire time that I, I, I'd been ill for. Yeah. Uh, so this came as a total shock, total surprise. It was, it felt very discouraging at the time, obviously, um, for me to make so much progress and then to have this huge relapse and, and experience pain and discomfort like I had not really known existed. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's been a bumpy ride uh, for sure. Um, yeah. and since then, uh, we have reached out to a couple other doctors, um, and tried to do some new things, tried to remedy this situation a little bit with some new treatments or treatments I haven't tried yet, those kind of things. But, um, and we talked about this a little before the show tonight, yeah. um, that in, in a lot of ways, it really does feel like. I'm in God's hands and, and I haven't had another option except to ask God to heal me. And so, so I'm in a place where I feel like my faith has really deepened and grown to a point where, um, I, I really see God as my only option. Um, there are certain things that I'm trying on my own from research. There are certain things that I'm taking that doctors have told me will help. Yeah. But I'm really at a point where it's, um, you know, it's, it's me and my parents and my friends and, yeah. you know, people who love me that we're, we're asking God to heal me because we know that in scripture, he says that he's not only our savior, but he's our healer as well. And one of my favorite verses from, because of what I've been through has, has become a verse from, from one of the Psalms from David in Psalm 103. Yeah. And he talks about just praising the Lord. He, he says, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins and he heals all your diseases. Mm. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. He fills your desires with good things, satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And so I believe in God and I believe in what he says. And I believe who he says he is. And so it's just me reaching up with a simple faith. And it only has to be the size of a mustard seed. It's, it right. doesn't have to be a massive faith. It's, it's just belief in 
God and who he is and that he loves me, that he created me, that he can touch my body, that he can heal me like doctors and medicine can't. And so, so it's brought me to a place where there's, there's just a reliance on him. You know, he, he's really my only option, uh, for, uh, uh, for, for complete healing. And, uh, and, and we're asking him for that and we know he loves us and we know we can trust him with our requests. So, right. And you sent me a, a text not that long ago, which actually is what led to me saying, Hey, let's talk on my show. Mm -hmm. Um, because you, and you'd said, you know, over the last year and a half or so that you, you felt like you weren't going to make it, that, um, you were going to go and be with the Lord. And I, I, when I read that, man, I was just like, that must hurt. I mean, that, that, that I, I, I can't really, I can't really understand it on its face. I mean, I can understand some versions of pain and, and feeling helpless and all of that, but not to that level. Um, and I think that one of the most beautiful things that came out of that, at least for me, and it's been something I mentioned the song before your song, my God is with me. I mean, it's a modern day, um, it is well with my soul. Uh, I don't know if you know that. Do you know the history of it as well with my soul? I, I do. That's always been a story that's inspired me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't remember all the details. Would you mind it, yeah, telling um, it if you got it? And I won't remember all the details either, but the part <laughs> that I do remember is that there was this man who wrote it who ended up losing, I, be, I believe, if not his whole family, maybe his wife, maybe a child, uh, maybe a couple children. Um, I don't know if it was some kind of boating accident. or Yeah, I remember it being a, a boating accident. Yeah. Um, and, and so for him to write something like that afterwards, yeah. um, where you where our, our, our normal response as human beings is probably hurt or frustration, right. uh, very giving up. Yeah, despair, very, very easily, easily leading to bitterness, you know, I mean, but, um, but for him to say, I know that God loves me, and that he's in control of my life. And I know that my destiny is, is with him in his kingdom, where there's no pain and no sadness and no sin, none of that stuff. Um, So for him to have a a faith like that has been inspirational. Yeah, for me. And in and, and that song, like I say, it's it's what I would consider a modern day it as well. Mm-hmm. Because I remember hearing it and just like not everyone knows you. So not everyone who listened to that song knew what, what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if it impacted them as much as it did me or people who know you. But I remember listening to that. And I, I, I the first time I heard it, I cried because I was... It's going to this I don't know if this is going to sound weird or not but um I was so happy that you were still you and that you were still following Jesus and you still trusted him because I I don't know if you've kept up with many people from college but it's amazing to me how often I find people that uh, I once had great conversations with theological conversations with I, I, I spent time in worship with them. I spent time um, in this sacred space, uh, this sacred time, you know, this cathedral and time where we, we honored God. And then 
today I, I they keep falling away mm. i've seen so yeah. many people from the from our school just fall away and become you know someone i don't recognize anymore mm. and it, it it breaks my heart and i remember th that hearing that song having known what you've gone through and having and knowing how most people would react to that sort of thing by like god why did you do this to me why would you let this happen and instead you wrote a song about how he's with you mm. it's it it gave me so much joy because i was like because if you had lost your faith i i that would have just killed me like i think my worldview would be shattered <laughs> mm. <laughs> be like wait 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 josh no way um uh, but i I do have to wonder because you you know you said that you'd felt like it was almost your time. So uh, I'm a young man, so are you, but uh, I'm a little bit younger. Um, but being in my nearly mid thirties, uh, I'm a chunky boy, but it's not like detrimental to my, to my health just yet. Um, <laughs> I I don't have to think about my mortality often. Hmm. I don't I don't have to. Uh, you know, memento mori, remember that you will die. I don't have to do that. Um, it doesn't come to my mind very often. I mean, when it does come to my mind, I'm just, I'm not afraid of death. Uh, death mm. is our enemy, and eventually it'll be thrown into the, the lake of fire to never mm. be seen again. Uh, right. But I'm not afraid of it because, you know, like Paul said, uh, for me to live is Christ, but to die is even better. Mm. Yeah, I get to be with him and, and I get to to be whole again, that's because, right. you know, because that's 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 a I think one of the saddest things about kind of Christianity, mainstream Christianity in general, is how rarely we speak about the resurrection, hmm. how 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 rarely we speak about um, how it's not us that are going up to heaven. It's heaven that's coming to us and mm. recreating earth and it's this this marriage of god and man in a way that it was meant to be from the beginning mm. and it's like why don't we talk about this more mm. um i don't know why i went off on that tangent but uh that's good yeah uh, I, I i i get i get frustrated but i i don't have to often think about my death i mean i don't know if i, I don't know if i told you this um i'm not going to tear up I'm not gonna it's not gonna happen um not uh two wait two years ago in september um my dad passed away hmm. um and so that's really the last time i've had to think about death hmm. and uh, my my wife's mom uh died two years before that hmm. and so you know death has been this conversation that i've been having again and again on this show because so many people don't talk about it and often when they talk about it they talk about it as if as if it's a friend hmm. and it's not a friend hmm. and so i've had to kind of rethink where where my mind is what, what what i think about death how i view the resurrection and all of this um all of this to say uh you you wrote that song that was beautiful but i i have to know when you're looking at a a life limiting disease like this if you're looking at it and not knowing what's happening and your blood burns and you feel like you could die like how how do you how do you go through with that 
and have the faith that you still have, what is it, um, what is it like? Because I feel like people who have experienced that have had to go through something and endure something that most people don't have to until they're old. Mm -hmm. And what kind of wisdom comes out of that is, I guess, my question. Like, what what have you learned? What is what has been what kept you faithful? Hmm. Yeah, it's hard to. This is something I've thought about. It's it's hard to imagine what my life would be like right now if I didn't know the Lord, if, if yeah. I wasn't walking with Jesus, if I wasn't walking with the one who died for my sins yeah. so that I could have eternal life. If I thought that this life was all there was, I would not have very much hope. Um, and the suicide rate for people with this kind of chronic Lyme condition is high. Yeah. And I understand uh, and if you are under the impression that this is all there is, that, that you have a span of so many years and then you're just put in a grave and it's, and it's over, yeah. um, then my life would be pretty terrible. It would be, it would be pretty awful. At least a third of it, um, yeah. which, which at 37 now, you know, that's, that's a long time. You know, a third right. of my life has been spent in severe pain uh, dysfunction, you know? Um, so the fact that I know God and know that he loves me has made all the difference. And, um, something that I, th I think about often is when Paul writes about how we're going to receive new bodies when we're with the Lord and his kingdom, and those bodies aren't going to break down. They're not going to get sick. Yeah. Um, and, and so to me, you know, there's so much hope in the resurrection. And yeah. like you were saying, you know, that needs to be something that we talk about more often uh, as Christians is, is that, that, that that's why we have hope. And, and, and so it really doesn't, when it comes down to it, it really doesn't matter how uh, good or bad th this life ends up being for us. It's redeemed. Yeah. Uh, it, it's from start to finish. Uh, God's going to take it and um, not only use it for his glory, he's going to help other people uh, come into a relationship with him as well. He's going to use us in that way. Um, but also, uh, I just look forward to, and I don't know how exactly how this will look, uh, but just when we're with the Lord, being able to uh, to look back and yeah. to see what God did and, and maybe even yeah. know some of those intimate details that he sees uh, that we don't currently. Yeah. Um, but we know, you know, from scripture that he works all things together for our good, yeah. uh, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And so, so when we trust God, you know, in who he is and what he does, uh, you know, we, we have hope. Uh, because there's so much hope that he's given us that, that we see in his word, that we know from uh, his character as we walk with him, that we just get to experience, you know, as we yeah. move along. Well, that's, and that's, what's um, interesting about this show. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably ask you the question at the end. And if you want to answer the same, that's fine. But um, before this show was the mad ones, it was a political show, mm. which, 
I um I have denounced all of the political stuff completely. I I, I I'm kingdom minded only. Like that's mm. that's where I am now. I don't care about the rest. I'm here to try my best to make disciples and to help inspire people mm. to to know Jesus. That's all I care about. The rest of it, God will take care of that. That's not that's not for me. I'm called mm. to this, right? Right. And so uh, that shift happened um, uh, around, like it really got strong in about 20, uh, last year, 21. And, um, you know, in the middle of the, the global pandemic, in the middle of this, this situation that had a lot of people scared, a lot of people um, frightened, a lot of people no longer acting like themselves, a lot of people lashing out at others for different reasons. And, you know, there were, there were deaths because of the virus. There were deaths. Um, one of my friends, his brother was um, a drug, he was a drug addict and he had given up drugs and he'd gotten a job and it was a good job. And he was, he was building himself back up and uh, the COVID hit the, the government's response with the lockdowns hit and that man lost his job. Mm-hmm. And with that, he fell into drugs again and he ended his own life. And I, I, I heard that story and I was like, everyone that I know is talking about COVID. I don't need to be that voice. And I do feel, and I, I felt it really impressed upon me to give, do my best to give people hope and to mm-hmm. find hope. Uh, so this show is built around the concept of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at the end of the episode, I'm going to ask you about what gives you hope. So mm-hmm. get ready for that. But I also, cool. it's, really, it's really exciting because you actually know me. I'm going to ask you one of my other on the spot questions. That, sure. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that'll be fun. Um, uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it, it's, it's an incredible thing. Um, the, the resurrection of the body, the, the, the fact that we get to not only go back to the ideal that was in Eden, but to mm-hmm. be a part of extending that to the rest of the world. We get, a, we get to be a part of being um, these priests that God intended us to be, these co, uh, what's, the, what's the word, um, these vice regents. Like if you, if you read Genesis, that's what he wants. He told us to be fruitful, to multiply, to, to take dominion over the earth and to, to spread this goodness and this, his greatness mm. everywhere. Yeah. We get to go back to that. Mm. We get to go back to the place where we're actually doing good instead of deciding what's good for ourselves and being mm. deadly wrong and being yeah. quiet. Um, yeah. so, uh, well, um, I I have been praying for you every day since I found out. You mm-hmm. you your name has been uh, mentioned in every single prayer when I wake up every morning since I heard that you got sick. And so I'm going to do that even yeah. more. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I may do for the first time ever. I may pray for you directly on the show before we get off mm-hmm. because I, I just uh, that's something that came into my mind a couple of days ago. And I'm like, God, let me know if you want me to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it, it's it's ringing in my head, so probably gonna do that. So it hey, sounds good. <laughs> I welcome um, it. But here's here's the thing. Um, I do want to tell you about this project that I've been thinking about for a while, um, 
and I, I, I don't know if you'd, you'll want to help, but uh, some of the songs you've written are actually the inspiration for a portion of this project. Um, so uh, I know, I know you've read, excuse me. I know you've read Corinthians. I know you've read Genesis. You've read these books. And I think what people miss more often than not is that these books were created to be read aloud and to be listened to. Mm. And so there are a lot of different people who've done different audio versions of the Bible, but a friend of mine told me, Hey, I just really like your voice. If I could have you read the Bible to me, I would be so happy. Mm. And I was like, weird, but okay. Mm. Um, and so there's one version of the Bible, the net Bible that's open source and not copyrighted. So it's something that I could do. I could read through that and record it and you know have some different people come in for like if there's a, a woman speaking i could have a woman read that part of it and you know just really kind of go back to the fact that like you shouldn't read corinthians in pieces hmm. uh, i mean what you should do is listen to corinthians all the way through then read it again all the way through and then start going deeper hmm. and i i just want to perhaps make a resource for people who want to be able to listen to the Bible and listen to these things like they were meant to be done. And mm -hmm. also I just can't wait to say Baal instead of Baal. Like mm. just, uh, I, I know I shouldn't, <laughs> I know I shouldn't like Baal, but, but that, that pronunciation is so much better, Josh. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was, I was sitting outside with my wife uh, about a week ago and I said, and I was talking about how, you know, these were meant to be read and listened to. And I think that that's important to have that kind of resource. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not original for thinking of this. It's been done. Um, but what I have never seen done, and this is what may include you if you're interested at all, is we always view the Psalms as poetry rather than music. And I, I forget which, what was the verse, uh, the, the Psalm that you wrote a song after was it psalm 23 I, i'm trying to remember because i don't have that in my my music um oh from the days of southeastern it was yeah. a worship song yeah uh, i believe it was psalm 146 okay if i remember right i mm. think it would be really cool to kind of get i'm not a musician um you know, I got on a tour team by the by the skin of my pants and by who my brother was, and I I, I touched computers the whole time. Um, but I think it would be an incredibly awesome project to find a way to turn all of the psalms into songs that people can listen to. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, say you're listening to the Bible and you get to Psalms, you could hear it played and you could hear it read. And of course, you know, with playing it, you, you would have to kind of make it fit and make it work with music. But I, I know there are a lot of Psalms, like I, I, so many Psalms, but I think that that might be an interesting and worthy project. Mm -hmm. um, especially if like I could find different people to do different types of Psalms. Mm -hmm. Like think about the imprecatory Psalms, the Psalms where David's angry and he's, he wants people to die, like having someone that's like a kind of more hardcore and has a gruff voice singing mm. those as compared yeah. to, you know, the more lovely love song things. Um, mm. 
I think it's a, it almost sound, feels and sounds like an impossible task to me. Um, but it's been something that I've been thinking about for a while. And it's something perhaps if I was able to pull together funds and do different things, I could make it happen. Mm -hmm. um, but you're the first person I thought of. My other, The other person I thought of, uh, have you ever heard of the band, the City Harmonic? I have. Uh -huh. Yeah, their old lead singer, Elias Dummer, he's a, he's a friend of mine now. Um, mm -hmm. he'll be, he'll be coming back on our, on my show in two weeks. Um, I'm going to ask him too. I'm going to mm -hmm. say, Hey, is this something you'd be, and I would love to just be able, I mean, I should, Matt, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Sharon, could you imagine yeah. Sharon singing some of the Psalms? Like, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Just like, uh, I mm -hmm. think it sounds so incredible. And I'm like, I don't know how I can make this happen, but I'm going to, I'm going to try. Mm -hmm. And um, if if that I, you know you don't have to say yes or no here, I'm not going to put you on the spot like that. But, <laughs> um, if that's something you'd ever be interested in trying to figure out with me, I would. I couldn't think of someone better to help mm -hmm. me through that. Mm -hmm. um, is it a good idea or is it a terrible idea? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I think it's a really cool endeavor um, yeah. to 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 bring some of those songs to life. And I like what you originally said about we see it as poetry most of the time yeah uh but to put music to it um i i think could um again could really kind of bring some life into that and, and even with those you know more brutal parts where yeah. you know and and it's funny because i'm actually reading through the psalms right now that's that's what i'm going through in scripture yeah. and um and yeah i mean there's just some fire there and in in david's words and personality where where he's like god strike him down i mean they're yeah. they're, they're they're trying to mess me up and and yeah. you have a plan for my life uh stop them you know i mean and, and so for it, it it's good for us to be reminded about those parts in scripture as well absolutely that sometimes we just don't think about or talk about very much yeah right well and i mm -hmm. think that there are a lot of people when they hear those um, those Psalms, which I, I just love that they're called imprecatory Psalms. What a great word. Mm -hmm. um, but people don't have like a category for that when they're reading it mm -hmm. because they kind of in their minds think of these as lovely and as, but these, these imprecatory Psalms are so important because it really lets you know that God wants to hear everything that you have to say yeah, he wants right. to hear even the evil thoughts so that he, you can expunge them so he can expunge them so that he, you can work through this and have catharsis and come out the other side of it and it's like you know god's not small yeah. he can handle our anger he can handle our terrible thoughts that's um, right and it's it i feel like when i learned about those when i was um doing online college to finish up because Southeastern was so expensive. I couldn't finish there. Um, <laughs> um, I remember learning about these and sitting there and like, these are terrible. I, you know, like, uh, why would you say dash a baby up on a rock? Like, why would you say that? Like, why would you say that? And then it was like, it, it really shows the character of, well, in, in a couple ways, it shows that God can handle us at our worst, but it also shows um, it really shows you why David couldn't build the temple mm -hmm. because, you know, God abhors violence. He, uh, if you, you know, reading through, um, Genesis and the account of, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, um, reading about the flood violence is always mentioned. Mm -hmm. 
God despises violence. And it's, I just think having those in there really paints that picture. Mm. Um, I think that's good to see, mm. but yeah, <laughs> sorry. Tangent again, because oh, <laughs> inter- interesting topic for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like, I'm, I'm still the same nerd I've always been. So I'm always reading books about this bit of theology and that not because i'm like one of those guys who wants to be the smartest i just kind of want to get my hands dirty and Mm -hmm. and understand god better than i do right now Mm -hmm. and uh that's hard to do and sometimes you read some some things and you don't know what to do with them like how could this possibly be true when i was taught this my entire life Mm -hmm. and you know kind of hunting out those idiosyncrasies that came from my parents or a pastor that don't line up with scripture mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's such a good thing and it's yeah, it's i'm glad that i can do that and i'm also glad that i have the the base that i do in god and in jesus that i'm not scared that i'm going to come to a question and go oh well i can't believe in you anymore because mm. i know right. you. i know you yeah mm. um that's good yeah so uh if 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 you have any ideas on that i'm on that project i'm I would be thrilled to hear them. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely, because it's it's a, it's it's a big idea, and it's a it's a it's an idea that would take me a long time just mm-hmm. if I didn't even do that portion of it. But right. ima- I, like I said, just imagine um, these different people that we know or have heard of. I mean, I think that maybe so. Like when I'm in a bad place, like mentally, emotionally, or whatever. I often listen to House of God Forever by John Foreman mm, um, yeah. because that's it's literally just him singing the psalm. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it just like the way that feels versus other things is night and day. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what if we could do all of them? Mm-hmm. What if we didn't just have seven or eight psalms that have become songs? What if we had mm. however many chapters there are in psalms? Right. Uh-huh. Over a hundred. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no i i like it a lot um yeah uh, yeah there, there's a lot of room there uh yeah. for uh for creativity and um yeah. to really uh really focus on some things that oh, maybe yeah. have kind of been left behind you know at, at the expense of you know other things that that we already have a lot of you know yeah kind of thing. um but yeah, so that's my idea. I've been waiting to tell you because I'm like, I could t- I could tell him over the phone, but I kind of want to just see what he thinks in a public space so he can't crush my dreams too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you would. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, I, I, I was able to get a copy of the Witness EP um, from, uh, what's his name? Darn it, Ellis, Taylor Ellis. He, yeah. he he sent me from Georgia camp. Um, he, right. he he sent me the MP3s, and I I was listening to them. Mm-hmm. I've listened to them on and off for the last few days because it's like satisfied and um, what was that? What's uh, I don't satisfied in particular is like I don't, I don't know if you if I've told you this. I have been singing your songs to my children at bedtime since mm-hmm. they were born, and I haven't had a copy to listen to them. So I've just been, you know, singing them from memory 
And it's just, uh, I was so thrilled to have that back. And I mean, I don't know if there was ever a strong recording of even angels, but I'd love to hear that. Mm. <laughs> what a, what a yeah. banger of a song, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I was, I was freaking sitting there um, in that uh, trailer or what's it called um, not a trailer. Uh, one of those additional classrooms that looks like a trailer when you were, coming up with it and you, and Aaron was trying to play it was playing the drums in a certain way and you were like no 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 wait a second you got behind the drums and showed him the fill you wanted and mm -hmm. then got back up and was like do that and and I was just like holy cow like <sighs> this dude wow um but yeah I think I think that's uh really songwriting is really interesting to me because I've been always been able to do like I I can do spoken word poetry Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of embarrassing even to admit, but that was, that was something that I did a lot. Um, but I can't do music. It's just, mm -hmm. I mean, I could, if I really pushed myself, but, uh, I I'm happier with speaking than I am mm -hmm. with, with singing. Um, right. but it, it, I, when we were talking to Elias from the city harmonic, um, I guess it's been a couple months ago, uh, he, he was kind of talking about how when he writes songs, uh, he writes it in a way that he because he knows what music is, he knows what it does, and he knows what it can accomplish, and how it works in the human brain. So he spends a lot of time thinking about that, and about how he can write things in such a way that it's impactful, and it, and it hits people. Um, but from what I've been able to know about you is it just it seems like you write from your heart. You know, you write from within the context of, but not that this is not what Elias does. Um, but I, do, I, I don't really think you think about that sort of thing <laughs> from what I, I mean, I could be wrong. Um, but it, it really feels like a, in spirit and truth writing session, you know, mm -hmm. but what, what does that look like? I mean, what did it look like when you were in college and what does it look like now that you've gone through this? Like, is, it has it changed the way that you write? Like, how has it impacted your art? Mm. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's changed throughout the years. And um, I'm thankful that I have to thank my brother because when we were both teenagers, he was bringing home CDs at the time of... I just found out you have a brother. Just now. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a brother. He's a few years older than me. Uh, and he, um, he would bring home CDs of bands he liked at the time. When we were growing up, there were a lot of good bands um, that were... Uh, they, were they were good within their genre. So like a lot of good... Christian punk bands, hardcore yeah. bands, emo bands that mm -hmm. they were, they were coming out of the church or at least raised in church, but they were, they were good. Uh, yeah. I, you know, tooth and nail records was getting its start then. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, so anyhow, um, at, at that time we started learning music together. Um, and so he really got into bass guitar and, um, and I, I primarily did guitar. I did some drums as well back then. Um, but I, I feel like I started writing kind of early and we even wrote some things together because we wanted to start a band with some of our friends. Um, so I think um, maybe since I started kind of young, it feels like it just kind of became a part of me. Um, yeah. You know, when you, cause I was probably 12 or 13 at the time. And, and, and I also got a, 
really into worship music around that time. Um, it's not quite like it is right now where there's, uh, there, there's plenty of options. There's plenty yeah. of churches, you know, producing these songs that are being spread around the world. You know, it was a little more, uh, you know, underground or, you yeah. know, you kind of had to dig, you know, if, it, oh yeah, there's this guy named this and he wrote this song. Oh, and we sang it at a youth camp, you know, yeah. I mean, those kind of <laughs> things. So, but I got into worship songwriting even around that age where it was like, I want to write songs that people can sing along to. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess referring to not only your question, but, but just some of your comments about like, um, like, does it always have to be like really personal, you know, for, yeah. for me? And it's not something I really think about, but uh, being asked that question and, and hearing that it, I think it just makes sense for me to write that way. Um, yeah. And, and even if I'm writing a song where I'm, I'm envisioning us singing it in a church or in some kind of corporate setting, um, I, 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 I think if it doesn't feel like it came like straight from my heart and who I am. And if I'm not worshiping God here in my room yeah. with, you know, singing that song, then, um, then, you know, no one else will probably hear it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, so I, I, I think those are the songs that I, I want people to hear the most are, yeah. I, I was able to meet with the Lord this way. Yeah. Um, and I want to invite you to, to sing these words as well, because if I was able to, to connect with God in this way, singing these things, then, then I would hope that there's a better chance for, for, for the person hearing it and singing along to do right. the same thing. Yeah. I have a very similar um, thought process with, for me doing this show mm -hmm. and for the way I, I do stuff is, you know, I, find this stuff endlessly fascinating I, I love stories of people i love uh theology and what god has done i love all of that and if i talk about it with people who are knowledgeable and if i talk about it with people who are interested and i really get deep into it i'm only going to show people how much i love it and maybe inspire someone down that same mm -hmm. kind of path hopefully and you know what's the craziest thing josh i don't think i've said this on the show before but there are three people who have messaged me when even when i wasn't doing like a lot of very christian content like explicitly christian content mm -hmm. who through the way i talked about different things um messaged me and said hey uh one of them said I've, i want you to know that i've rededicated my life mm -hmm. to the lord based on listening to you or mm -hmm. i i you know i decided to to yeah. give my life to christ for the first time i've had three people say something like that to mm -hmm. me and i'm like well done, good and faithful servant is what I'm hoping to hear at this point. Yeah, because it's like how? Hmm. Because it's not like I was going out there being like you know preaching the gospel. I mean, I I was. I think that you end up doing that anytime you talk about Jesus. Hmm. Um, but oh, it's just incredible. And you know, I, and and that's the thing. Like uh, you know, your song, my first love. Hmm. Uh, these lyrics. It's what I love about what I've heard from you, at least when I was, you know, a younger man, uh, was how I was always blown away by how simple some of the lyrics were, um, but how much more impactful they were than a lot of other lyrics that I'd heard other people write. Hmm. 
uh, because it's like, you know, like in my first love, you know, just, I almost named the, the show, you know, just to see your face is all I'm dreaming of. Mm-hmm. Like, it's such a simple statement, but it resonates so deeply with me. Um, and in satisfied, you know, I just want to be where you are. I want to wrap my arms around you and tell you, I love you. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just want to be where you are to feel your touch on my shoulder as I hear you say that you love me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. And it's <laughs> that that refrain at the end, you know, I don't want to leave. And one day I won't have to. Mm-hmm. These are such, I mean, they're they're very simple and honest lyrics. They're not, they're not like trying to show off. And and there's a humility to them that has always that I've always loved. I mean, is it weird that I'm just here reciting your words to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to get too emotional about it um these are these these are words that are in my head Hmm. you know um i mean it's i i like all of your songs are have been good and i've liked all of them but like i said satisfied man um uh when i'm with you there's (sighs) there's no there's nowhere else i'd rather be it's so simple but it just takes me right to where i want i need to be it really connects me right to god because it i think what it does is you know a lot of songs like there are a lot of very great songs who that they talk explicitly about who god is and worshiping god in like a very explicit way you are great you are good you know Mm -hmm. and then there are other songs that a lot of people have issues with now that are like look at how great i am because i look like you kind of a a situation Mm -hmm. um but with like in satisfied especially it's it puts me in the right mindset because i i just want to be where you are Mm -hmm. you know i that it's uh oh gosh uh let me rest against your chest let me hear your heart Mm -hmm. these are such intimate things and it's like like that's why i said in the intro that you you write love songs to the Lord mm-hmm. and that's a love song. And I think a lot of people, especially outside of Christianity would never understand that, mm-hmm. but it, it puts me in that perfect space to see where I am and where I should be and where I want to be. And uh, like I said, a lot of compliments tonight. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too, man. And I'm, and I'm so happy to hear that, that those words have been an encouragement and, in yeah. your life um, i have them yeah. i have them memorized mm-hmm. like I, I like there, like there's i don't think there's a song on that ep that i can't sing off the cuff mm-hmm. and uh like i said i've done it with my kids um but <sighs> just wild um mm-hmm. no i just appreciate i just appreciate who you are because you know i've met a lot of people in my life who play kind or play nice and they 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 act nice or even like they're perfect in some way like they're 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 beyond other people when it comes to their relationship with god and it it reeks of fakeness it reeks of um i don't know if it's arrogance or what but i i've I've met enough people like that that you know i had in my cynical little 18 year old heart this idea that these people are faking and then I met you and I was like, dude's not faking. This is literally one of the kindest people I've ever met. Um, so 
that's enough compliments for right now. Um, here's, here's the thing, you know, I, I wanted to catch up with you, uh, but is there, I mean, I've just been talking about you and asking about you. Is there anything you'd like to open up to with me? Like, is there anything you want to know about what I've been through or what I've, I'm going through or whatever? Like, is there anything mm. that interests you about this dumb bearded man? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will say that um, I, have, I have such great memories from college um, with uh, tour teams, yeah. um, both you and Chris have been huge blessings in my life. And I feel like there is something, um, there's something special about, uh, about you both where I, there's this feeling of you having my back. Yeah. Um, and, and I even remember that back in college where it was like, I know that if I ever, needed to ask something like specific or special of a friend yeah that i could that i could come to you guys yeah um and and, and that's really that that's a unique thing to you too yeah. in, in particular <laughs> uh so it, so that's really um a, a cool thing to me and the other thing i'll say is um that you simply reaching out to me during this time really really means a lot and i think when someone's going through something like this yeah. um it can be hard to reach out or yeah. to be honest about you know certain things and specific things um so that that really means a lot to me um yeah. i know that you uh you talked about your family a little before we uh yeah. started started the show here i know you yeah. have five kids five um, kids so I know you're in Lakeland. Um, <laughs> yep. I know that your beard is doing very well. It and, is. I, uh, I basically shaved it it's in good. April uh, and because because so, I wanted to see how my kids would react to me not having a beard. Uh, crying. Right. Crying is the answer. Um, <laughs> but so I, I'm, I'm so glad it's back to like where I want it to be. Uh, uh, here's a fun thing. Um, about a month or two ago, um, I started, I had like really long hair cause you know how I've always been. You, I've, I've had long yeah. hair forever. Mm -hmm. Um, and probably two or three months ago, it started coming out really quickly. Mm -hmm. Like I, and then, and I, it was weirding me out and I was like, it was too fast. It came out too fast. I was like, this isn't male pattern baldness. This is happening too fast. Mm -hmm. And then one day I had one day where I took a shower and uh, I, my wife was doing something in the bathroom while I was taking a shower and I was washing my hair and I pulled out, it was probably a hundred, 150 hairs came out all at once. Mm -hmm. And it scared me to death mm -hmm. because my dad's bald. I didn't want to end up that way. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was a little too much for my mental stability at that moment. And so I was like, shave it. And my wife shaved my head and then I went to the doctor and I told her, you know, I'm losing hair and it doesn't make sense. It's not like I've ever heard with male pattern baldness or any of this. And she was like, you're right. It is coming out too fast. Let's do some tests and see what we can find. And she ran some tests and she goes, when I came back in, she goes, uh, there's one thing that could be contributing to this. And 
it's um, vitamin D deficiency because mm-hmm. I work from home and I, so I don't have to go outside really much at all. Mm-hmm. And she was like, so here, take these, this vitamin D supplement and go outside for 15 minutes a day and, um, you know, get some sun that, that, that might help. That might be what's leading to this, this hair loss. And so I did what she said. I took her mm-hmm. the supplement. I started with 15 minutes a day, extended it to 30 minutes a day, extended it to an hour, waking up earlier so I could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of like so right now i'm still shaving my head because my wife seems to like it um Mm -hmm. but when it grows out now like after two or three days there's not a patch left on my head where it fell out Mm -hmm. all of it has come back all right i'm like the sun (laughs) (laughs) what a magical glowing orb Um, (laughs) yeah so let's see let me I'll, i'll give you a rundown of my life real mm-hmm. quick. Um, I love so that. last time I saw you was in about 2009. Um, after that, I still went to Southeastern up until through 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, did, I did some film stuff. I did some theology stuff and then it hit my senior year. It was supposed to be my last year at Southeastern mm-hmm. and the, you know, I was kind of prepared for that amount, but the second half of the year doing film was going to be um in los angeles okay and so the way that that would have worked was i would have gone to los angeles and i would have internships and i would have done these different things um, but i couldn't have a job because of the workload and uh i'd have to essentially just take out more of a loan in order to cover this. And so I, I looked at all the things, what it would take. And I looked at just the second semester alone and it was Mm. $35,000 and I went, Nope. Mm. And I, I went home to Alabama and, you know, I worked full time and I, I worked on a, I slowly worked on a biblical studies degree that I got online. Mm. Um, and finally, Uh, got my diploma, which is back there somewhere, um, Mm -hmm. in 2017 at the the 10-year anniversary of when I started Southeastern, right? Okay. Uh. (laughs) Because, you know, when you're paying for it class by class and you have to take as long as it takes when you have the money to do it. Hmm, Um, And so I did that. Uh, Within that time period, you know, I met my wife in 2013. we, when we met, my wife was a little bit of a hellraiser, mm. just like a little bit. Mm. And, um, I was working at the, at Apple at that point. And, uh, she was like kind of dipping her toes into astrology and talked about stuff like that, which just like freaked me out. Cause mm. you know, I don't touch any of that stuff whatsoever. Mm. Um, or, you know, she'd mentioned like some witchy stuff and I was like, this is crazy. And I was like, very frustrated in, in especially internally because i i could tell that this was an important person and i could tell that i wanted to be with her mm-hmm. but this thing freaked me out so there was no peace in me mm-hmm. right and so i was standing on the floor of the apple store one day freaking out internally having a little bit of a panic and i said god if this is what you want 
I'll do it. But if it's not, we've only been on a couple of dates now. I can end this right now. Mm -hmm. And the peace that came over me in that moment was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Cause I went from mm -hmm. full blown panic to absolute peace. And, uh, there was these, <clears throat> these words that reverberated through my head, which were, um, don't worry, I'll take care of her. I've got this. Huh. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's okay. I'll, I'll hold on to that. But like, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know what that means. And so we, we continued, um, and you know, we weren't perfect in our relationship or anything like that, but, uh, we got married. So we, we met in April and got married in October. Mm -hmm. So it was very quick. Yeah. It, was, it was very Southeastern. Um, but at the, or very Bible college in general, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, we got married in October and then, um, in November, uh, we had a, our, the, uh, as far as we know, the only one, but we had a miscarriage mm. and things went off the rails from November to December. We were, we were together and kind of moving around and, um, fighting more and having this, cause we were both hurting from this loss and neither of us were really prepared for it. Neither of us were really in a place to deal with it. Um, correctly. Like I, mm. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I, I drank too much at that point in my life, <laughs> mm. not, not super often, but if I was really down, I would, I would drink a little so I could go to sleep because <laughs> otherwise I'm not sleeping. Mm. Um, and you know, this, so it, it kind of came to a split, uh, right after Thanksgiving that year, I think. And so I went back, I went to Birmingham. She stayed with her grandparents in, um, lower Alabama. And, uh, I, was so depressed that it was insane. Like she wanted a divorce. She didn't want to be with me anymore. I was like dying emotionally. Mm. And I mean, the lo literally the lowest part of my life. And, mm. you know, I'm just praying and I'm, I'm seeking the Lord and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Um, oh, let me rewind for a second because I forgot a part. Uh, when we got married, my mom, we decided to get married on a Thursday, mm -hmm. we decided that the Sunday before, right? Mm -hmm. So it was like Thursday afternoon, we decided to do this. Or sorry, Sunday afternoon, evening, we decided to do this. My mom didn't know about it. Mm -hmm. uh, she goes to church that Sunday and um, she's freaking out about me being with a, um, what, was, what was it that she called her? A uh, ah, Moabite princess, mm -hmm. because my mom is a boomer. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and she was so worried about it and she didn't know, she didn't know anything about the fact that we were going to just get married that next Thursday. And, um, you know, I told her the next day and, um, we get to the place, which we, it was just a court wedding thing, which I'd love to redo next year when we hit 10 years. Um, but uh, she's sitting there and she, we kind of talked and she prayed and stuff and uh, she was still kind of freaking out and she showed me her text messages and she had said, she sent, she texted my old youth pastor about kind of, you know, I'm worried about this situation. And the youth pastor said, oh, what did God tell you Sunday morning? 
And, you know, she hadn't told me God had kind of impressed anything upon her on Sunday morning before she knew anything about the wedding. And I read this text and the text uh, essentially says, uh, he told you that not to worry that he's got this mm-hmm. like the same words. Yeah. Uh, it, it may have even been the center one, which was uh, he'll take care. Well, I'll take care of him or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact wording, but it was the same words, right? right. I was like, Whoa, mm-hmm. Whoa. What is that? Mm-hmm. And so to go back to where I was, uh, we were apart and we were in part up. We were apart up until February of that next year. So from like November to February and I had gotten to the point where I'd given up. I was trying to figure out how I was just like, I I give up. I'll let her go. I'll find the divorce paperwork. And if she really wants that, she can sign it and move on. Um, And I, I, after I decided, you know, I can't do this anymore. I, I went to church with my mom that Sunday and I'm, I'm sitting on the front row and uh, this woman that my mom knows who would have no idea what I was going through at that moment, like at all. There's no, my mom, no offense to this woman does not like her enough to talk to her that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sitting on the front row. Everyone else is like doing praise and worship and I'm just sitting there and I'm praying and I'm freaking out about this thing. And uh, she comes up to me and she puts her hand on my back and she says, um, I don't know why, but I feel like God told me to tell you, uh, don't worry. Hmm. He'll take care of this. He's got this third time that I've heard this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I go like my mind's blown. I don't know what's going to happen from here. I go to sleep that night. I wake up the next morning and we weren't really on speaking terms. My wife and I at that point, and she had texted me and I was like, Oh, well that's weird. And she, she asks me, um, do you believe that God still speaks to us in dreams? And I said, he can. I mean, he's God. Obviously he can. And she says, well, last night I had a dream that I was kind of in this all white room. And all I heard was a voice that said, give him another chance. Hmm. And she goes, I don't know if it was God or not, but um, you know, I, it's, it was like, I think February or March. She was like, but uh, do you want to try again? Do you hmm. want to, do this again and it was february and by march we moved into an apartment together a month after that she was pregnant with our first um and you know we went to church and we went to a church that i didn't really care for um just because for i just wasn't looking for that type of church and we were sitting there on one of the sunday mornings and the pastor said you know if you decide to become a christian uh, we don't want to leave you just there. We want to give you some materials and some help to to understand what this means and you know how to live a Christian life. So we have a a book that we're going to give you. And I just looked at her and I was like, "Well, uh, I would I want to see what book this is. Like, I I just want to know what book this is. I want to read it, see what they they have." And she goes, um, "Just you know, just write it down that that you." you did. And I was like, no, I'm not going to lie about that to get to it. She goes, it wouldn't be a lie. And I was like, what do you mean? It wouldn't be a lie. And she goes, write it about me. Hmm. And that was the moment that she really started taking Jesus seriously. And we're in hmm. this place where we have theological debates in this house. Hmm. Um, we, we, we talk deeply 
Um, but yeah, it was, there was this crazy thing uh, with our oldest Ezra. Um, he would, when he heard worship music, he would start dancing in her tummy every time. Like he would start mm. kicking and moving every time he heard <laughs> worship music every single time, not necessarily other times, but like every time he, the worship music was on, he was kicking. Mm. And so this, you know, inspired my wife, this, this new life, this creation inside of her made her rethink things and God brought her in. And oh, mm. it was amazing. Like, it's, it's like, there are things I can't explain. People are like, you don't know there's a God. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's talked to me. Mm. He, he, he gave me a wife and I wouldn't have had her if I was just trying to think myself, I would have just given up. Yeah. But it, mm. if it was for that piece and, you know, of course, my mom was like, don't be unequally yoked. And I was like, God has a plan, mom. I I, I know it makes no sense to you, <laughs> but God has something going on. And, um, you know, so now, I mean, we we did pop out kids quick because, mm -hmm. you know, she wanted to have the kids before she all the kids she wanted before she turned 30. And um, she's still not 30. So God help me. Let's not do another one. <laughs> um, but uh, so now we have five. We've got. And I love their names. We've got Ezra Wolf, mm -hmm. Soren Elijah, um, Everett Jude, who we call Rhett, mm -hmm. um, Lorelai Sersha, and um, Daisy Joy. Awesome. Daisy Joy was born in December of 2020. Okay. So she's my youngest, and my oldest is seven. <laughs> okay. So... I mean, he'll turn eight in November, but still, it's like we did a lot. And, you know, mm. that's why I don't know if you notice there's gray in this beard. Mm. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I think you're allowed a little gray in your beard. Yeah. Uh, five kids, it. you know, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's okay. That's what's funny. I <laughs> love the gray. I love uh, it. I can't wait till more comes in. Like, I, phew. Yeah. Everything. But yeah, so that's been like my life since then is, you know, through jobs and doing different things and trying to make a, a podcast and trying to do well. And then I don't know if you saw this, but I was on Tucker Carlson not that long ago. <laughs> I did see. We actually, uh, it was my parents were home and we saw you live <laughs> pop up. And, and, and later, um, I, I told my parents, I said, you know, uh, Cam Harless, I was friends with him at Southeastern. He was on Tucker Carlson. And my mom remembered yeah. you and your family and, and said, oh, you know, I saw Harless on there and wondered, you know, if that was, you know, someone you knew, but she didn't dig into it right. too much. <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, Yes, it's so funny. Just one of those things where it's, and I even I even messaged my brother and, and said, "Hey, I have a friend who was on Tucker Carlson." <laughs> you know, like like how many times am I, I going to be able to tell you know yeah. my family or friends that? So I, so I took the opportunity to. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was that was that was so funny, and it was also, um, you have a brother, so I don't know how y'all's relationship is, but you know, me and my brother have been relatively competitive in different things, like being funny. Like I'm a different uh, kind of funny than he is. And uh, we've always kind of competed over these different things. And I asked him, I said, you know, after that happened, I was like, uh, so did you see the, the Tucker Carlson thing? And he goes, yep. And I said, did you see the, the Bill Maher thing where Bill Maher 
mentioned me? And he goes, yep. And I go, uh, what'd they call me? And they go, he goes, a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I go, yeah. He goes, that's all I want in this world is for people to recognize me nationally as a comedian. And you did it first. And I was like, yes, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I can picture that conversation so, so well, so vividly. Uh, happening taking place <laughs> oh man oh boy that's hilarious um yeah no it's so you know i've i've been through a lot i'm trying to grow this thing and god's throwing uh different stuff like gifts at me which is amazing um i'm just really hoping that i can turn this into one day a full-time ministry type thing mm -hmm. um i don't know how that'll work right now we're you know walking through the the recession and the struggle that that is but mm. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I figured I, I, you know, you had to tell me your life story. I have to tell you a little bit about what's going on in my head. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad to hear a lot of that. And your kids' <laughs> names too. I just, I don't think I would have quite the creativity uh, when it, you know, if, yeah. I, if I, if I do have children someday that, yeah. uh, that you have with that. So, but that, that seems to fit you really well. So I just see the, some of the best names I've ever heard uh, for kids. <laughs> oh so, yeah. Well, yeah. and that's, what's funny is me and uh, my wife, Kaylee argued over several of the names mm -hmm. because I wanted to name him Rhett mm. and she wanted to name him Everett. And I was like, you can do that if we can call him Rhett. Mm. And she was like, okay, fine. So we named him Everett. And then um, we've called him Rhett his whole life. And actually we call him Rhett Rhett. Mm. Um, it, because he looked like Jack Jack from The Incredibles when he was a baby. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we just called him Rhett Rhett, and that's stuck. And he calls himself Rhett Rhett. He never calls himself Rhett. <laughs> He's Rhett Rhett. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's so funny because, you know, a little bit afterwards, she goes, why didn't we just name him Rhett? And I was like, that wasn't on me. I didn't make that choice. You made that choice. <laughs> she goes, He's such a Rhett. And I'm like, I know he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh man uh for the lighter side of things like i told you before mm -hmm. the show uh i told chris that you were coming on and he was like oh wow and he goes do you remember his laugh and i was like yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> it reminded me because it was the funniest thing because you have such a distinctive laugh that and that it's, it's a joy to hear but every time i'd see you uh i would just i don't know if you remember this but as you were walking through campus if I, you walked past me. I was always like, ah, 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 ah. I do, I do, I do remember that. <laughs> oh man, you always took That's... it like a champ too. <laughs> I probably laughed right after that. Yeah, and it sounded exactly the same. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, my my laugh when I really get going is like that dog, um, that dog cartoon. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> that sound so yeah. uh don't have much room to talk there um uh but yeah so i like i said too many times in the show i love you man i um since we're so close now first we need to get together somehow at some point i'd love you to meet all of my my little ankle biters um and uh my wife but also uh and you can tell me this offline so that in case there's some weird creepy person who tries to stalk you probably won't happen but uh you should tell me where you go to church because we're looking for a church here and we have not been able to find something 
Mm. Um, and yeah. I, I'll, I'll have to tell you about one of the experiences offline because it's, mm. we had a creepy experience, mm. a real creepy one. Um, gotcha. but, uh, yeah. So I want to know where you're going because if you're that close to us, maybe we can, cause we were looking at a place in Tampa mm. to go. I mean, what's the difference really? Mm. Uh, right. so I don't know. I, I, all I know is we got to figure out how to, how to, how to meet in the middle at least. Um, but yeah, right. so we've, we've done, um, an hour and 38 minutes mm. and that's a, that's a good length. Um, it is. Uh, definitely. <laughs> and also like, if you ever want to come back on, or if I'm doing an episode and you want to be my, uh, guest co-host, if you want to dip into those waters with me, let mm. me know, because I'll, I'll tell you everything that's coming up over the next, cause I'm, I'm booked out till no, to the end of November. Okay. Cause I, I book early and I, yeah. cause I don't, I don't want to guess anything. Um, uh -huh. If that's ever something you want to do, let me know. Cause I will do it in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> um, but uh, since we're at that point and most people don't li listen past 20 minutes, minutes, much less <laughs> 90. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you my, my favorite questions. Um, mm -hmm. One of the, I think you've kind of answered them somewhat already but uh it's it's tradition i have to i have to ask you these questions mm -hmm. um i've explained to you the the importance of it to me and to my audience but um what right now in your life it could be you know universal global uh national state local whatever it could be personal uh what's something right now that gives you hope and the motivation to carry on and to keep singing and keep doing what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. I know that, um, God is the one who writes my story. And so I keep moving forward and, uh, a visual image that I have. And again, maybe, you know, for, if you're an artistic person or, you know, in, in that kind of category, you yeah. know, it, we can think visually a lot about things. And I just picture just walking with Jesus, just, just hand in hand, step by step. He's with me. He loves me. He's for me, not against me. Um, I know that he even uses the most difficult times in our lives. And so I know that he's going to get me through this for his glory. And, and I want him to use it. Um, I want to be an encouragement to others. Um, I not only want to want to see healing um, yeah. for myself, I want to see it for others. Uh, I want to pray for others and see the power of God touch them and for them to be set free. Uh, if it's some kind of physical illness or, uh, or a neurological thing, whether it be depression or anxiety or, or whatever. And I think when you go through things and walk through things, you kind of have a deeper empathy for other people around you in that way. Um, and, and want to see their lives change too. So, um, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, walking with the Lord really keeps me going and yeah. it, it not only gives me hope for this life, but obviously for the next, uh, which is going to be great. so cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. yeah um, I look forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to throw in one random question and then the, the, my favorite question, um, mm. is a hot dog a sandwich? Hmm. You know what? I've never thought about it, but I, I am, I'm prone to say yes in this moment. Yeah. 
because when you picture the bun, yeah, uh, I mean it's 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 holding something together inside, right. whether meat and condiments. Yeah, and so pe- people will say, "Well, no, it's not a sandwich because it's supposed to be two pieces of bread, and that's what makes a sandwich." And I'm like, "So all hoagies, all sub sandwiches are are not sandwiches anymore." Mm. So I mean, a hot dog has to be a sandwich. Is that that's my that's my take? Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's important. It, is. it was very enlightening. So yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah. I love dumb questions like that because when you, you actually, because it, it's, it's dumb. It's absolutely dumb. But at the same time, you're like, I have to think about this. Right. Uh-huh. It's, it's, I, I love that, that, that uh, paradigm, that paradox of like, <laughs> this is stupid and doesn't matter, but I'm going to spend some time trying to decide. Um, <laughs> And people will fight over this online. I think it's I think it's great. Mm, um, true. So one thing is you. Uh, one of my favorite things, and if I get a copyright strike for this, so be it. Um, but uh, there's this poem. Um, have you ever heard of the? Uh, he's like a spoken word poet, um, Bradley Hathaway. I do remember Bradley Hathaway. Yeah. Oh man, and see, see, there's this poem that. Uh, along with some of your songs plays in my head all the time. Uh, one of them is the manly man poem, just different parts of that. Uh, but my favorite is um, the hug poem. I don't know if you remember that one, but it, it, it sounds it, like, yeah. It, is it maybe his most popular one or, or one I, of the, it's, I think I, it, it may be one of them. It's my favorite. Okay. It um, may have been the one that I've heard. There's one in particular that kind of stuck with me for a while. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I thought, why not we, why don't we play this? Because mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of kind of how you write stuff too. And mm-hmm. then I'll ask you the fun question and um, we'll get out of here and sure. let these people sleep, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, just full screen to my own screen. Don't do that. All right. Um, so yeah, here's the hug poem by Bradley Hathaway. If you've never heard it before, I love it. <laughs> I read about how you touched them and they were healed. Or even if someone just touched your cloak, they were forever changed. You let a broken woman bathe your feet in her tears and you washed your best friend's feet. I'm just wondering though, did did you ever just hug people? I mean, I know it's a silly question and all, I'm sure you would have. Why wouldn't you have? But it's one of those things that was never mentioned and it got me thinking about it. And how whenever there was a touch from you, sins were forgiven and sickness fell. I think I'm caught up with my sins. And last time I checked, all my body parts are properly working. I'm nothing special here. I'm just a kid with a heavy heart. These passing sunrises and sunsets. I don't think our encounter would have ended up in your gospels or anything. Because all I really need is a hug. And that's okay for me to imagine, right? That's not conflicting with any sort of theology, is it? Okay, good. Then hug me. But not one of these sideways, worn arm around the neck type hugs, or the ghetto right hand, clasp fist, elbows to chest, pat, pat on the back, back, or that you put your right arm over my left arm, and I put my right arm under your left arm, and we make this weird sort of diagonal thing. No, none of those. Bear hug me, man. Take your old school carpenter arms and throw them around my upper body, leaving my arms dangling underneath yours somewhere, and I can barely move them because you're squeezing me so hard. 
but don't pick me up and make my back pop because I hate it when people do that. And then hold me, hold me here in your arms until I start to cry Because I want to cry, but I just can't seem to do it on my own I've been teary-eyed once recently, but not even enough for a drip down my cheek There's just hurt in my soul that needs to be purged So hold me here in this hugging pose until the pain is flowing from my eyes and nose I love that so much. Wow. Um, and that, that one line plays through my head because it, it, it feels like it really places me in uh, where I have always been, which is, you know, I'm just a kid with a heavy heart, these passing sunrises and sunsets. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Like, yeah. I, I feel that deeply. But here's my last question. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite thing about me? <laughs> I would say that your compassion is my favorite thing about you and, and it's exemplified in you recently, especially yeah. in you reaching out to me and asking me to be on the show. But even more than that, before you asked me to be on, uh, you just reached out to me. You just wanted to know how I was doing. And, and when you do that with someone, um, that someone then feels the freedom to be vulnerable if they're not doing well. And that's, um, that's why, I mean, it was maybe the first or second text I sent you back was, I'm really having a hard time. And, yeah. and I've, I've really lost count of the times the number of times where I thought I might go home to be with the Lord yeah, uh, this past year and a half. And so uh, your compassion really brought that on where it was like, you know, Josh, you can be honest with, with this guy, he, yeah. you know, he, he cares, he's going to pray for you. Um, yeah. He's, he's going to know what's going on, which really goes a long way. Yeah. Um, it was something like this. Uh, so, so yeah, I just appreciate that so much about you, man. Well, thank you. Cause I, I feel like that makes it, uh, the whole episode a little more even, and it's not just compliments from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I like I, how that worked out. <laughs> I no, I really, I really appreciate that. And I, I, you know, I try and I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's so God just puts certain people on your heart, you know, mm -hmm. and like, uh, you know, I've had friends and I had friends in college and I've had friends from home who I don't speak to at all mm. and I feel no need to, and they, they don't reach out to me. And it's this super kind of sad thing about getting older, getting married, having kids. Mm. Um, but I would always think of you and be like, I need to check. I, I, I want to know how Josh is doing. Mm. So you're like the kind of the opposite of a lot of the other people. Cause I was, you know, if there, of course, I would check on other people that were in trouble. I'll check on my family, but you know, I, I, I didn't know it was Lyme. I didn't know what was going on. All I knew was that you'd been in, in pain and you'd been taken out, and I was just like, "Daggum, what a, what a horrible thing." But let's like be in contact more and actually meet in person because yeah. I could use, I could use some, uh, some good people physically rather than just online. Mm, 
Right. So that's, that's where most of the people I know, that's where they're from at this point. In my uh, life. Right. Yeah. That's really valuable and important. I feel the same way, you know, that, that human connection and interaction is really important. Yeah. <laughs> it really sure. is. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you a question and you can, you can say no. Um, but you know, I, I hope that people will be interested in your music hmm. and I don't, I, I wasn't able to find any on Apple music except for what I'd already downloaded. Uh, would you be against if people asked me, or even I could put it in the show notes, if you, if you were down with it, me sharing that EP with them? Hmm. Yeah, that's no problem at all. Um, okay. Any, any music that you have or that others have, it's totally fine to cool. to share that in any way. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. I, so that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll um, get the, uh, well, I have five out of six songs. I think I don't have witness, but um, I do have the other, the other five and they're all, all five of those are like my favorites. Um, so I'm going to take those, I'm going to put them in a folder and I'm going to put a link on this episode where anyone who wants to listen to his set, his songs, who wants to listen to satisfied can listen to them. Um, a lot of people that come on, I have like Twitter, uh, handles and social media stuff to share for people to find them. Do you have anything you want to share mm. in that vein at all? Like, do you have something you or a project or anything you've been working on that you want people to know about? Um, so as far as social media goes, I, I haven't been too active, um, because of everything going on. So, yeah. uh, but what I found what works pretty well for me right now is just keeping a Facebook and an Instagram account so I can at least be in touch with people. Um, right. and, and so, you know, I like having that connection with friends, you know, that I've made throughout my life, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the, uh, aside from that, um, and you had uh, referred to this already, but um, there's a church that I'm going to right now here in Sarasota called Harbor, and it's H-A-R-B-O-U-R. Mm -hmm. um, and the um, guy who uh, started it, him and his wife are Jordan and Kristen Rippey, and they went to Southeast. Yeah, I they, know this. Does that I name sound familiar? Jordan yeah. Rippey's name sounded familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they have been a huge blessing in my life. Um, and they asked me to come and help with the worship there. And it was right around the time when all of this happened with, uh, with the relapse and everything that I had. Yeah. And um, they, they have been a tremendous blessing in my life. And the connections and friendships I've made with people there have been a huge blessing too. Um, so that's a way I'm kind of... Um, I guess, connected to, uh, you know, connected to a church and a ministry. Yeah. Um, and you can find Harbor Church on Instagram and Facebook and social media in general. Awesome. Um, and we're meeting here in Sarasota as well on Sundays at 10 a.m. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, uh, with that, you know, thank you so much. Um, like I said, I, I, like, I can't tell, like Monday, uh, when I was kind of putting together the art and kind of getting things ready for this, I was like, I am more excited about this episode than I am any of the other ones I've done. And it's like, no offense to those other people. Those topics were interesting, but it was like, I just, I'm so excited to talk to Josh. I don't, I don't know if people are gonna, gonna care about how much I love you, but they're going to know it now. <laughs> um, and that's going to have to be good enough. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll tell them all of all of my junk now, and then uh, we can we can wrap it up. Um, Sounds good. So if uh, you can hang out and just listen or comment if you want. <laughs> sure. Uh, next week, uh, David Gornoski is going to be coming back to the show to talk about uh, kind of get further into the concept of mimetic theory. Um, which is this interesting philosophical concept of how humans work, which I, I, I don't know if I fully subscribe to these conclusions, but it's a very interesting concept uh, that includes scapegoats and stuff like that and how humans make scapegoats to feel better about themselves with to, to kind of put their sin on someone else so that they don't have to feel it, but outside of the realm of Jesus, right? Um and then the week after that, we're going to be—I'm going to be talking to uh, Elias Dummer again, the ex-lead singer of City Harmonic. He just put out a new album called Volume Two, which is on every platform for streaming, so Spotify, um, iTunes, etc. His song uh, "Kyrie Eleison" is just an absolute banger. Like it's that. It, Josh, you, you should check that one out. Um, mm. The other is um, the other song on that is um, what was it? The gospel is rest is also a great mm. song. Um, after that, we're going to have a, a girl named Kat v Velez. I'm not Spanish. So I probably am not saying that right. Uh, coming on the show. She was at one point a witch and then she became Christian. Then she became a Torah observant Christian which is a whole bag of worms. Um, and then she came kind of back to mainstream Christianity. And we're going to talk about that, about what it's like being in that group, because uh, it's going, that stuff's all over TikTok right now. There are like Torah observant battles going on. And, you know, someone who's seen it firsthand, who can tell you why they went in that direction, why they were convinced. I think that's interesting. Um, and then after that, uh, Stephen Ignoramus is going to come back on the show. Um, he's an, he's an interesting dude and we don't agree on a lot of things, but, uh, the last time he was on our show, he was unable to talk about the case that he was a part of because he was at the January 6th insurrection. He was just live streaming what was going on, but he got sentenced just recently. Uh, the FBI had his stuff. They were, you know, trying to throw him away for good and uh he just he was just sentenced recently and he can tell that story so we're gonna i'm just gonna talk about what that day was really like from someone who was actually there rather than you know from people who were politicize it either way on either side i just want to know what it was like on the ground there um so that's all that's coming up beyond that uh if you'd like to support uh if you'd like to support me, if you'd like to support this show, if you'd like us to go farther, uh, please go to patreon.com slash the mad ones. Um, you can get a little bit closer to me. We can do some zoom parties. We can do stuff like that. Uh, but that that's a great place to go. If you want a shirt or a mug, we are the mad ones.com slash store. Follow me on Twitter at ham Carlos, because I got my account taken away with my actual name because I said something mean to a certain prime minister of Canada. Cause I'm a, I, I can be a mean boy online um and then if you are listening and you'd rather watch you can watch just about everywhere at this point so uh primarily i like to use youtube because if we have comments and if it's if we're, if i'm not too engrossed in the conversation i can pull some of those comments up and i can, I can you can be a part of the conversation 
and I think you can also do that on Facebook, but YouTube's, you know, it's just better in that way. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to watch live, typically um, it's every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, it's also going to, you can find it on Rockfin, you can find it on Odyssey, and you can find it on Rumble. I'm just on all the things. Um, and if you would rather not see my face, if you think, you know what, you're white, bald head is blinding me cam please just let me listen uh you can go to any podcatcher type in the name or you can go directly to wearethemadones.com and listen and download straight from there but that's all the things i have to say um josh thank you again of course you know once this is over you know we'll still be in this room but the, the other people won't be listening so uh, <laughs> we can we can tell all the secrets um, <laughs> but with that um as always uh, you have a chance to be a light in the world, so go light it up.